gang, welcome to Best Night Ever, a show where interesting people who do interesting things tell the story of their best night ever. I'm your host, Ian Hollihan. With me, as always, is my adorable, cuddly kitty cat, Reggie Miller. We have a guest co-host with us today by the name of Greg Meadow. Greg is the former lead singer of the punk band Rearranged. You know who the bass player of Rearranged was? Tom Craig. You know who Tom Craig is? The lead singer of Ghost Lester Bangs. You know who the Ghost Lester Bangs are? They're the guys who do the theme song for hit podcast Best Night Ever. Anyways, uh, Greg is also my very, very good friend. And uh, I'm happy to welcome to the show. Greg, thanks oh, for coming. Thank you. I'm not as cute and cuddly as your actual co-host, but I'm happy to be here. Our storyteller tonight is a stage actress named Michelle London. She was in the national tour of Wicked. She was also, uh, she played Fiona in the Shrek musical. And her current gig is she plays Elsa in Frozen in, uh, I think it's California Adventure, like the actual production of it. So she's in Disneyland. Her day-to-day life is Disneyland. As long as I've known you, you've been like genuinely passionate about the Disney parks. Yes, this is true. So I thought it'd be cool to kind of talk about that. Is that okay? Yeah, I had no idea you were going to bring this up, but I'm totally okay with it. <laughs> so I, I, I wouldn't quite call you an expert, only because I think there are certain certifications to be an expert. I mean, I guess it's different. Maybe within a social circle, you might be an expert within that circle of something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So as a Disney truck driver from Die Hard 3 who tells John McClane about Chester E. Arthur being the 21st president of the United States, what are like facts uh, or tidbits about the parks that you really like? I mean, I think uh, there is a difference between Disneyland and, and, and every other park because Disneyland was the prototype. It was the blueprint and it it's a proven model. And if you ever want to see where it all came from, you have to go to Disneyland. So you can walk into Disneyland and it's a park. But at the same time, it was Walt Disney's home away from home. And if you look to the to the left when you walk in and you see the the firehouse, there's a, a lamp above the entry in the window, and that was Walt's apartment. Um, but they leave a lamp on because when he was in the park, if he was there, he'd leave the lamp on the window, and all the employees would know the boss is here. But now, after obviously after he passed away, they leave it on all the time because the spirit of Walt Disney is always there. So the cool thing about Disney is that you can go as an adult, and these things are going to always be lost on children, and that's fine. But as an adult, there's certain things that will talk to you as well. So there's multiple layers. It's kind of like the movie that, you know, you go see with your kids and the kids think it's funny and bright and great, but they've thrown a few adult jokes for you just to kind of, you know, keep you in your seat. And Disney has, uh, has definitely done that. The beautiful thing about Disney is that it, it's, it's animation and architecture and engineering all just for one purpose, which is to escape your reality. And I think... The fact that there's so much that goes into that for that some simple purpose is what always kind of, you know, drew me there. I, I forgive the fact that they are a huge corporation and probably make some bad decisions because of that. Right. Is that their goal, other than ruling the world, is everyone has the best day ever when they're there. I think you brought it, brought it home. Absolutely. That, that's, that's what the point is, you know, and it's a plaque and you can go read it when he comes in, when you go in and see what Walt said about it, that when you enter there, it's, it's, you're, you're back in, like you said, pretty much your best day ever. It's going to change over time, which for people like me, I don't like to change. You know, I mean, I love Star Wars and I love Disney. I don't want them together as they are right now in Disneyland. They built a whole new park. I, I want my peas and my carrots separated. But, you know, that's the nature of Disney. Luckily, they do hold on to certain things that will always be there. Oh, a good, okay, so one thing is if you go on Winnie the Pooh ride, and it used to be Country Bear, there's no more Country Bear in California, but if you look back in the main entranceway, 
and you look behind you, you see the, the, the animals from Country Bear like hanging up on the wall. Now, you have to know to look back. You normally wouldn't do that, but it's a wink to everyone to say there was something else here prior to, you know, Winnie the Pooh. You know, that those things are scattered all over the park for people who care to, to, to look for them and care about them, and, and that still speaks to the Disney fan that I am. So, you know. In Disneyland Paris, you go into the basement of the castle, and there's all it is. It's a giant dragon animatronic that's breathing smoke out of its nose and kind of sleeping until every now and then gets irritated enough to lift its head and roar and that's all it is and kids were like crying like it was like torture for them to be down there and i was like man this would never fly in the states but i love that it's here and i love that there's just all these differences when you go to the different parks you know i wish it was a little bit more liberal here in the states we can put some dragons just to scare kids you know oh you're not you don't want to go on the little mermaid ride i got a better ride to go on first of all you just have to walk second of all there's a dragon waiting just to like and i'll i'll, I'll use it right now just to fuck shit up you know so you know you if you don't mind me saying have a reputation to uh, 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 uh being a bit of a curmudgeon do i yeah, I know. That's fine. Like, you're not a ray... Like, I love you, but, like, you're not known as, like, a ray of sunshine, blah, 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 I blah. I mean, I feel like there's enough of that in, in this beautiful world. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, why don't I give people a little something else? <laughs> because what's sunshine without a little mud on your face, you know? like. <laughs> so, it, it's it's just interesting that someone who has so much disdain for the world... One of your favorite things is the happiest place on earth. Yeah, but I feel like the way I look at it might then be somewhat surprising for somebody where it's like, oh, I love everything about Disney. I really don't. I, I hate so many things about Disney. It doesn't. Can we talk about that? Yes, I would like to. It doesn't take away from, in fact, it makes me hold on to the things I love about it even more. Disney t- today is like, it. a lot of it sucks, you know? They, they, they're going to raise their prices all the time. It's a total corporation that just is looking out to, yeah, they're going to sell you an emotion, but at the same time, they're going to, you know, grift you. And like, that sucks. That's, that's unfortunate. You know, it kind of leaves out a lot of people who can't afford to have that type of best day ever. There was a good movie uh, called the Florida project, you know, about the people who live outside of Disney in hotels because they can't afford anything else. And um, who always want to go to the park, but can't. And, um, you know, that, that's, that's, that's an unfortunate thing, but then that gets into this country we live in and the, uh, the, the wealth disparity and all that other stuff. So let's not talk about that, but you know. So I don't know if you guys remember earlier in the show, I mentioned how Greg, uh, not a ray of sunshine. I'm really glad that he took that really positive conversation, sunk it right back down about the beleaguered Orlando residents. So thank you for that. Yeah. 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 Happy to help. But to your point. You take a, a kid there, and there's, there's nothing that's going to ever compare. And, like, it's cliche, but can you put a price on that? No, you probably can't. I've been there with, with my best friends, and I've been there with my wife. Me. You know, I've always wanted to go there with my children. And I feel like that's one important thing about, about Disney to me is that's a marker. And although things will change there, certain things will never change. So you get to go back as a different version of yourself kind of and experience it in a different way 
although it's kind of static. And I think that's always like an important thing. So I can't wait to, you know, not be that type A guy who has to, like you were saying, has to do everything on schedule and make the most of a day. I want to go with my kids who just want to like go nuts, buy them a $35 balloon, which is going to like make most of their day, you know, wait too long to see Mickey Mouse, which I really, I don't do on my own and maybe only go on three rides. And it's going to be liberating to me because now I don't have to be that type A dad. I get just to like, they allow me to do something different. And, you know, we're going to stay till the sun goes down and we're going to watch the fireworks, which I normally don't do because that's when the rides are the most available. And that's going to be my kid's best night ever. Oh, Greg. Uh, I mentioned before that I said before there's certain certifications for you to be an expert. I think one of those is having something published or being in something broadcast as the (gasps) go-to person. So I want to be the first to congratulate you. You're officially a Disney expert uh, as oh, of May 14th. I have, I have a no certificate idea. right here. Where's my certificate? What? Oh, my. I, this is a certificate, and it's framed and everything. So congratulations. I know uh, this meant a lot to you, uh, but there's a few other people that want to congratulate you. Hold on one second. Greg, the expert. This is Dave. I used to bus cables at the French Market in 1985, and uh, we were talking about how we were hoping that an expert would emerge. We didn't think it would take this long, but we're sure glad that you came along. Congratulations. Hey, Greg. This is Rich from Orlando. Congrats to all us Animal Kingdom cast members. Best of luck. Hey, Greg. This is Valerie. I work at Magic Kingdom doing parade audience control. And all the guests were talking about Greg and how they knew that one day he would be the expert of the happiest place on earth. So congratulations. Hi, Greg. I hear you're a Disneyland expert. It's not a bad thing to be. My name's Beth, and I was a Fantasyland ride operator for two years back in the 80s. Best job ever. Oh, yeah. oh, congratulations, Greg. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, this is Steve, formerly a, a Pluto myself. I uh, just wanted to say congratulations on becoming a Disney expert. Hey, Greg, this is Stafford, media event manager at Walt Disney World, and I want to say congratulations for being a Disney expert. Me and the team knew that you were going to make it someday. Didn't know when, but I'm so glad that tonight is the night. And honestly, I think you can probably say it's the best night ever. Congratulations. Pete started saying Dada last week. I was actually kind of hoping that he would start saying it so like you could hear him say it, but now, of course, he's being quiet. He's Adeline is, and we'll always put her down, and she keeps blowing raspberries. So, congratulations, Greg. This is about as exciting as your upcoming marriage to the animatronic fox from Splash Mountain. And I'm um, really looking forward to your religious wedding. So, I, I'm not one to often feel as, hum- as humbled as I do at the moment, but I most definitely feel uh, feel extremely humbled. That was great. Thank you. I don't know how you did that. That last person that that congratulated you, she didn't introduce herself. Do you want to tell us who that is? Yeah, that's my uh, my lovely wife, Janice Meadow, who is uh, and and my and my kids, Adeline Jane and Peter George. So before before we start listening to Michelle London's BS Night Ever, Greg, do you subscribe to the show? I just know when Tuesday is, and I go to your website. Okay, well that doesn't help the point that I want to make. Uh, which is, listeners, you should subscribe to the show. That way you don't have to remember when Tuesday is. I get, the two most common questions I get. First one is, is there really a cat with you? And is he really named after Indiana Pacers legend Reggie Miller? He is definitely here. 
and his name is definitely Reggie Miller because he responded to it when I came in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the second question I get almost daily is like, how, how do I get these guests? You had asked it earlier. Michelle is actually my cousin. She's my first cousin. This is recorded at my grandmother's house. My grandmother's 95. Her name is Nanny. So, And also, Michelle brought her infant son, Everett. In the recording, you hear my 95-year-old grandmother in the background talking to my younger brother, Brendan, who also is a loud talker. I tried editing it out. Couldn't do it. And it's kind of adorable to hear them in the background. So I left it in. Also, every once in a while, you'll hear a baby go goo and slap the table. And uh, that's that's the baby I just mentioned. It's a family affair. I mean, this has been fun and all, but I, I really just want to hear Michelle's best night ever. Fine. Okay. Here it is. I have a few, and it took me a second to even think about it. But I think my best night ever was... Well, the best three weeks of my life was when I went to Thailand for our honeymoon. My husband, Zach, and I went to Thailand and didn't really have any plans. What's that movie? Ice Palace? Not Ice Palace. That's not it. Glass Palace or where it's like those girls get arrested for drugs in Thailand. Okay. So we had the opposite experience of that. Zach and I had... Oh, gosh. Zach and I had been friends for about three years before we got married. We were living together for three years, but we... Hold on, let me figure this out. I don't know, everyone, because we were dating other people when we met. Bum, bum, bum. So it's a little sketchy on how long we were together. But we met in 2000, we met in 2008. Nope, that's a lie. We met the beginning of 2009 and we got married in 2015. So do with that what you will. We met doing um, the Broadway show Wicked on tour at the time. And so he's a musical theater guy that has turned into a kindergarten through third grade music teacher and junior high drama teacher. He is living his dreams. And so he teaches music and music has always been a huge part of his life and our life. for us was a place that we decided it was either Thailand or Norway for our honeymoon and we decided that we could take this was so dumb in our heads we knew that we wanted kids and we decided that we could take kids to Norway eventually but we wouldn't be able to take children to Thailand which was the stupidest thing ever because I would a hundred percent take kids to Thailand it's one of the safest places and you're treated like a king because their their import is tourism or their export is tourism so when you're there everything is a dollar basically and you are treated like a king and for $70 a night you find the most expensive hotel room with a butler and you know it's just the most amazing place for very little money we had um, a hotel for the night we got there in Bangkok we flew into Bangkok and we had a hotel booked for that night and then we had a flight out of Bangkok three weeks later but we didn't really have anything else planned but we found a, like a two-hour flight down to the PP Islands yeah we went on a Maya Bay like sleep aboard which is where you basically spend the night on a boat in Maya Bay and they like take you around and do weird, bizarre things like get attacked by monkeys for some reason. And Attacked by monkeys? Yeah. We also like got to swim with bioluminescent plankton, bioluminescent plankton, which was fun. We got on the ship at like four o'clock in the afternoon and then they drove us over there because the, the beach shut down to the public at five. So we were on the beach with the public for about an hour, and then they all had to clear out, leaving just us. So it went from 4 o'clock in the afternoon to like 8 a.m. the next morning. Putting my baby down. Okay. 
so Maya Bay is shut down now. You can't actually get into Maya Bay anymore because it's been so destroyed. So it's like your own private island, which is where they filmed the beach with Leonardo DiCaprio. And so after 5,000 people left this beach, we were there. And the play, the company that we were with, you could get like 65 people on this boat, but it was off season and everyone was at the full moon party. So the full moon party from what Zach and I had gathered, it used to be this really cool thing where locals and, you know, tourists would, a small group of tourists would come and basically do drugs and party all night and music and, but it's turned into this huge tourism event for, you know, 20 year olds. It's basically Coachella now is from what we gathered and how everyone was like, just don't go. It's too many people, you know, people die from overdosing on things that they don't know. And so we decided to stay away from it, but it sounds fun. We didn't want to die from drugs that we didn't know the names of. So we decided to uh, go get super drunk. So we do this boat, we sign up for this boat trip, we get on this boat, there's 12 of us plus three like 19 year olds who are running it. And they set up food for us in this back area and we play guitar and everyone gets a bucket of, (laughs) everyone got a bucket of alcohol and Sprite. So you got to choose your alcohol, either vodka or rum and Sprite. And you basically got a bottle. So everyone's now very drunk. There was like 12 of us on, like Eight of them were, it was their last day of their journey. So they were tired and they didn't want to really even be there. And this other couple was this awful French couple, not awful because they were French, awful because they were just awful, who they were also on their honeymoon, but they, they were just angry. And I think they're just tired. They just kept fighting with each other in French and then were fighting with the poor kids who were running this boat and just blaming every single person instead of just trying to just relax and have a good time and find something that you know made them happy they could have just laid on the beach and calmed down but you know i get it we've all been there we're too drunk and mad at people but we're just everyone's just too tired to be there except for zach and i and we were very excited about it so we pull into maya bay right as five thousand people are leaving and we set up like camp on the beach and what's crazy about Thailand for my experience was that as like everywhere we went in thailand people were offering us drugs and it was quite interesting because I was so terrified at the beginning, especially like in Bangkok, it was one thing. But like when you get down to the islands, there's no there's no cops. There's no police station. There's no anything. It's like you're on an island with the resort and that's it. So like we, you go to this, you go to bars and they'd be like, no cigarettes, no cigarettes, but you can have joints. And for a dollar, you'd get a joint. And it was the most terrifying like thing because, you, you know, you're raised to think that like Thailand is this terrifying place. But it's certainly not. Thailand's the best. It's a full moon, so it looks like it's noon in this in this beautiful island, in this beautiful private bay, and we're playing games and and just having a great time. Zach and I are having a great time, and everyone else is having kind of a crappy time because they're just tired and drunk now. And then they start handing out like crazy drugs, just drugs on this private island in the middle of nowhere that no one's allowed on in the middle of the night. And Zach and I like didn't want to basically get arrested. And we also wanted to be able to remember the night. So we didn't partake in the drugs, but we did get very, very drunk. And we, they, everyone else went to bed at like midnight. And so Zach and I sat out in Maya Bay completely alone because they went back to like where the camping area was and just played guitar and watched the moon cross the bay and it was the most beautiful romantic thing in the world and then it was time to leave (laughs) so now it's five o'clock so the french couple 
I don't know why they trusted these random drugs that these people had, but they did. And so they took these drugs and they got so out of it because they were also so drunk. They just didn't know how to party. They didn't know how to party. And so they got so drunk and so high that they then got so mad at everyone for letting them get that way. And everyone is tripping on whatever they were given. And Zach and I are coming down from our drunkenness, which was great. And then they tell us that it's too choppy to go the way we came, which is through the bay. And we had to cross the island to the other side, basically on this like ropes course over these rocks to scale down a cliff to get onto a little boat that would take us back to our big boat, which was fine for Zach and I. But for these the other people, they weren't coherent enough to do it. <laughs> it was just awful. The French couple started screaming at the people because they didn't want to do the, the ropes course to get back to the boat. And so they like had a tantrum screaming at these poor 19-year-olds who got them that high and drunk and saying that they don't want to do it. They can't do it. How dare they even get them? And, you know, like, you got us this way. It's your fault. We can't go. We have to sleep on the beach. We have to sleep on the beach. I mean, it was like amazing race of like this crazy ropes course in the middle of the night onto this little dinghy that's brushing up against the rocks. So we have to get, jump in, jump off the rocks into the water, onto the boat, and then over to the big boat. One of the women just sat in the water. And the guy's like, you have to get out of the water. It's going to rise and you're going to die. And she was content with just dying there. So Zach pretty much helped her get on the boat. Zach helped everyone get on the boat. But yeah, it's really, it's fun. So we finally do it after fighting and screaming, not us, but everyone else, fighting and screaming and not very happy. And then we finally get onto the boat and the boat is massive. This like big boat that's supposed to hold 45 people to sleep on. And it has a top deck. So Zach and I alone slept on the top deck of this boat in the middle of Thailand. Just gorgeous. It was the best night ever. And the next morning, Best night ever turned into um, me being attacked by monkeys. So that's the second time you brought up being attacked by monkeys. Yeah. Are you telling me that this story has a monkey attack in it and you chose <laughs> to leave it out? You can't just passively bring up like, hey, Michelle, how was your weekend? Oh, it was good. You know, I went to a housewarming party, went to the gym. Uh, there was a monkey attack. And <laughs> I didn't watch Game of Thrones yet, so don't tell me what um, happened. Okay. The next morning, everyone's still angry except for Zach and I. And they say, hey, whoever wants to take this kayak over to Monkey Island, you can. Here's some bananas. And we go about 30 yards to this island. As we pull up on the island, which is probably 15 feet of beach and there's this massive cliff, 150 monkeys come from the cliff onto our kayak. And I'm now terrified, so I throw all of the bananas out onto the beach and then fight for my life from these monkeys. They didn't tell us. They're like, hey, here's some bananas. Go feed the monkeys. And we get out there and we get attacked by monkeys. And that was kind of how that whole thing ended. Thank you so much for that story, Michelle. Greg, we have a website. What's our website address? Bestnighteverpodcast.com. Bingo. What's our Twitter majigger? Bestnighteverpodcast. Nope. Be at BNE Podcast. Uh, what's our Instagram handle? At BNE Podcast. Nope. It's Best Night Ever Podcast. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I was going to say that. I thought I was being smart. Uh, do you know our email address? Bestnightever at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> 
bestnighteverpodcast at gmail.com. Oh so if you have any thoughts, questions, concerns, comments, you could email us there. The website, there's original artwork for every episode, including this one. And Twitter and Instagram, there's fun stuff there, too. Uh, Greg, who does the theme song for the show? The Ghost of Lester Bang. That's true, with Tom Craig, who is in Rearranged With You. Absolutely. That's where he cut his teeth, as they say. Mm-hmm. If you're a musician listening and you have songs you'd like to donate, I'd really appreciate it. Uh, how about you say goodbye to everybody by doing that one line that I do every episode? All right, gang. So whether it's morning, <clears throat> noon, or night that you're listening to this podcast, we hope it's your best one ever. It's close enough. See you next time. <laughs>